Why are you so nervous, Marcus? It's all right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> good day, chick. And I'll just say, right back at him, I'll say, good day, toots. Did the t- boys take the piss out of it? Yes, we did, but we all did enjoy it. Quinny boy, here we are, episode 91. Another late Monday nights, straight after netball, literally straight after netball, still in our clothes and I feel a bit dirty and sweaty and um, and pretty dirty with the performance as well. We got uh, we got touched up a bit too. We did get touched up a little bit and for those um, who aren't watching the podcast, we do normally wear clothes for this podcast. There's nothing unusual, they're still in our clothes. Um, that's not an unusual one, but yeah, no, you're right. It was a bit of a dirty performance tonight. We couldn't get the W like we normally would, but um, probably just a bit undersized. I reckon they had a few tools on their team, a, bit of, a few hops that we didn't have, so that was that hurt us a little bit. Yeah, a bit Especially of loose checking from you in defense. Oh, yeah, mate, when I'm goal, goalkeeper against a six foot two guy, so that's not easy. It's not easy, but that's all right. You know, you move forward and we move on and we learn for next season. That's it. No, that was good. Well, uh, yeah, that was our last game, so um, we'll have a bit of a break and, and hopefully do uh, the podcast at a, at a reasonable hour on a Monday night instead of uh, nearly, was it nearly 10 o'clock. So it's, it's a late one. 9.35 as of recording time. Yeah, it's very go. late. So all good. But uh, another massive weekend in footy. Um, some uh, interesting results on the weekend. And I think, I think the biggest one, personally, is obviously West Coast getting their first win against, uh, against Collingwood at Marvel. Who would have thought a waffle team would beat an AFL club? You, you wouldn't have thought it a couple of weeks back. And it's fantastic, uh, mate. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's it's it is laughable, isn't it? Mm. You'd, just to think that Collingwood couldn't knock off West Coast, who have what a quarter of their regular side in the team. So, a three quarter time last week against Geelong, Collingwood thought they were a big chance for top four finals. Well, well, Collingwood have been playing good footy. I can't knock them there. They've been playing some real good footy, apart from that last quarter of last week against Geelong, and then obviously most of the game against West Coast. But even then, the Dacos brothers had a bit of a field day, like, you know, some promising signs. But, yeah, you, you can't be losing to what's essentially a waffle team. Yeah, definitely. Um, but good on West Coast. Like, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm glad they got a win. Um, they needed it for their for the morale in the club and can imagine it would have been pretty um, pretty down the last few weeks and, um, and just to bring them some sort of positivity after an absolute... Um, COVID hit not just COVID hit, they've had a lot of injuries as well so it's been a bit of everything hasn't it yeah they've really copped it so um but and now it looks like Nick Nat's going to be out for what half the year I say West Coast What's can't have a positive without a negative but yeah knee? uh knee? might have been yeah he's out for mm. at least half the year though is what they're all That's huge. What they're reporting so yeah devastating I mean Nick Nat's had a real bad run at it yeah. um, the last few seasons and it's terrible for West Coast to see that now he's not going to be playing for yeah, just a, a, so a fair while. So dis- disappointing for them, but yeah, they'll have to find a way and move on, I guess. So, whoops, is uh, what was that? Mate, an ad, an ad <laughs> popped up on the AFL website. You know, why aren't you focusing on the podcast? I am, mate. I've got the Watching AFL videos. website up. I've got news going. I got the all the latest results, so I don't miss anything. I like to be factually correct on this podcast. Was that one of Pressure Points? Own Brad Johnson on there as well. I thought Sounded I, I thought like I heard his voice. It could yeah. have been. I was just promoting in the his episode again. So if you haven't watched yeah. that, go back yeah. and have a listen. So that, that was very good. Oh, beautiful. But um, but no, yeah, I think I think West Coast is probably the most unluckiest team this season with um, the amount of injuries and COVID, um, COVID outs that they've had. Um, and then Nick Nats. Nick, Nick Nats probably the one that you can't afford to get out of anyone in that team. He's probably their most important player. Well, he provides so much because he's a ruckman, yes, but he, he also acts as another midfielder, a key forward. He, he's all over the ground. He's so athletic and, yeah, there's some, it's a massive out for him. Yep, absolutely. Which is an understatement. Absolutely. Um, let's uh, rewind to Friday night. 
Geelong Brisbane at GMHBA, almost twelve months to the day where Brisbane got shafted, and looks like the exact same thing happened again. Or not the exact same, but I think they've been they'll count themselves very unlucky not to uh not to win that game or or be in a better position to win that game considering what happened in that final parts of it. Well, let me tell you, I want an explanation from the umpiring association, the AFL, whoever it is, is going to release a statement asking. Or explaining why Tom Hawkins wasn't, um, you know, penalised for a push in the back, which was clearly there. I mean, Stevie Wonder would have seen that was a push in the back and that wasn't my call, someone else's, so I won't claim it. But, you know, it's not that it was that funny either, (laughs) just so we know. But how is that not paid a push in the back? What is it about Geelong where they just get away with... And and I know all teams get away with lucky ones like that, but Geelong it just seems to be a reoccurring theme, not just against the Lions, but in general. But this is... That was so bad. Mm. I mean... Who, what's his name again? The defender. I've had a mental blank now. That was getting pushed. Yeah. Um, was it next day? No, no. Their key defender. The oh, Harris Andrews. Harris Andrews. Yeah. Sorry, Harris. I know you're a big listener, but Harris Andrews went flying forward. Like it mm. was broad daylight. Yeah. So yeah. it was robbery, and you know they won by ten points in the end. So it still could have gone either way, but mm. you get to give them a chance. You know. Yeah, Hawkins does it a lot too. I feel like he gets away with it a lot too. So I don't, I don't know what's going on there. It's the yeah. rule is it changes year by year or game by game, really. I mean, hands in the back is that still the rule if you put your hands in the back and that's it, or is it now you get a completely? I mean, either way, Tom Hawkins mm. pushed, yeah, it was a full push, yeah. So, either way, it should have been a free kick there, but and yeah, it, the rule is again another one that's flawed. And it would have been 50 meters because he turned around and snapped it straight away, yeah, exactly. Before the umpire would have had time to blow his whistle, so it changes the whole game around, yeah. Exactly so. And then Cam Rainer missed an absolute sitter. Yeah, uh, that doesn't late. help. That's why mm. I said, I mean, yeah, it still could have gone either way, but mm. you get to give the guys a chance and adjudicate the game fairly. I yep. don't, that's, yeah, I don't know how you miss that. Yeah. Well, I think they'll both, um, they'll definitely meet each other in the finals, I'd say, later in the year. These oh, two will ab- be up there. Absolutely. Well, I still think Melbourne and Brisbane are probably the two best sides in the comp right now. So, yeah. And Geelong aren't far behind either yeah. of them. So they'll, they'll be, yeah, flying up there towards yep. the end of the season. Exactly. Uh, Buddy Franklin undergoing finger surgery. That got announced today. I think he's going to miss two to three weeks. Um, geez, he uh, just after kicking a thousand goals, he's he's straight out and back on the injury list where he was a lot uh, the other season. Um, cause for concern for the Swannies? Nah, it's only a, a fractured finger, so it's only a week or two he'll miss just with the surgery. There, I think Tom Lynch had a similar one. Jack Rewalt just had a similar sort of surgery, mm. so they both came back within a week or two, but. Sydney would be uh, questioning themselves at the moment. They had a loss to the Bulldogs last week and they nearly got overrun by North, which at their home deck as well, yeah. the Swans, which is really unexpected. Obviously, great signs at North and we'll touch on that. But yeah, disappointing from Sydney and from that aspect. But in terms of the Buddy thing, I don't think it's too big of an issue. He'll be back in a couple yeah. of weeks, no problem at all. But let me tell you, it's a good thing he's done it now after his 1,000 goals or your big call every week would have been a nightmare. <laughs> I know. You just wait for my big call later. It might have something to do with Buddy. Hey, here we go. <laughs> but no, North, North, you do well. I thought they were actually going to win that game. They were, they were in front for a lot of it, um, and then yeah, just got just got pipped at the end. But um, Jack Zebel went forward and kicked five goals, I which was crazy. Really like Zebel up forward. Mm. He's probably at that age now where you could move him a lot more up forward, and I reckon he's got the body strength um, and the shape as well just to outmuscle a lot of opponents and yep. kick goals like that. So hopefully, it's a sign of things to come. Yeah, for sure. I mean. Jason Hold Francis was was super. Uh, he had a chance to, or well, he nearly won the game with. It was like a kickoff one step outside fifty late. Though if that went through, oh boy, it would have uh, 
gone nuts, but um, he was really good. Jai Simkin was really good. So their better players were, were much better and it looks like they responded after getting an absolute belting the week before. What about his nearly mark of the year he took, Jason Horn francis mm. Did you see that? Yeah, crazy. Uh, mind you, I think Callum Mills' spoil was mm. just as good. How did he get up that high to yeah. spoil it? I think <laughs> everything about that aerial um, feat there was impressive. But, uh, yeah, no, Horn francis is going to be a star. And like you said, North responded really, really well. Yep. See Heaney's goal at the end. Oh, huge. I mean, he. you talk about stars. He is a superstar. Mm. He's right up there with some of the best players and there's no surprise why some people would have him as one of their Brownlow favourites for the year because he can kick goals and rack up disposals. So yep. he's a gun. Yeah, he's a freak. And I mean, if he was in a, a big Victorian club, he'd probably get more plaudits, to be honest. Oh, 100%. He had 11 tackles on the weekend mm. as well. So he does the little things. Yeah, exactly. All righty, before we get into the Saints game, we've actually got a, uh, a super fan of the St Kilda Footy Club on the line. Uh, he was at the game yesterday and... Uh, he was very keen to come on the podcast, and we were happily obliged to it. We've uh, we've got Matt Rosewarn. Welcome to the Pressure Point Podcast, my friend. Thank you for having me, boys. Um, I kind of got myself into this this mess, so but yeah, I appreciate you letting me come on and talk about the Saints. Absolute pleasure, mate. When we got the uh, the late night booty call message last day, you wanted to come on the podcast. We uh, we had to take you up on it, even though the next day you might have been feeling a bit rusty. We thought not too bad. You've roped yourself in. You're on now. But uh, we'll get to how we know you. This is two weeks in a row. We've had a, a man from the Elsenwick Football Club jump on the podcast. So it's uh, it's quite a good thing to have you on. How, how have you been enjoying the week season so far? Only two rounds in. It was uh, good for round one. Obviously, we had a, um, a loss on the weekend in the reserve. So that was a, a bit disappointing. But uh, it's a great club and it's a really good culture down there. But um, yeah, so I obviously know you boys from there. And um Filled in a few weeks ago in the mixed netball team, but didn't have the best game there either. So probably won't touch on that too much. Mate, we could have used you tonight. Let me tell you, we've just yeah. pulled up from the mixed netball game tonight, and we uh, yeah, we, we got done, especially around the scoreboard. You would have been quite handy, I reckon. <laughs> there yeah. we go. You can't, you're playing next season, that's for sure. We uh, we lacked a bit of that height. <laughs> We're hoping uh, you win. We'll ask you on a night out. We know you'll say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <A> late message. <laughs> you boys were the um the first. Late night text message I've ever sent that I got a yes for. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I find that hard to believe, mate. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, well, run us through your day yesterday. Obviously, it was a big one, and um, yeah, you went to the MCG to watch the Saints play the Hawks, and um, yeah, the Saints obviously had a, a massive win and um, pretty impressive in the end. It was a big result. So um, yeah, run us through your thoughts on on the game and and how the Saints have started their their season. It was the um it's probably the first time since I can remember that this, it was a really relaxing actually watching the Saints. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a big shock because the Saints don't really blow out teams like they, um, yeah, biggest wins are usually like 30 points on a good day. So it was, um, yeah, it was really refreshing and everyone played their part. It was, it was great to see um, Brad Hill move up forward and kick a few goals, which um, was surprising. And obviously Max King's just taking his game to the next level. Uh, this year, which is um, a long time coming, I guess, but it's uh, really good to see. So yeah, it was a um, a brilliant day all round. The boys just never never really stopped, so it was um, nice to see them not take their foot off the gas this week. So it was good. Yeah, you get to love that foot on the throat mentality. It's good to see your team not drop off just because it got a little bit of a lead, and that's I guess how you blow out these margins. But you touched on Brad Hill going forward. I like the look of Brad Hill playing forward. He's copped a bit of criticism the last couple of seasons, which I think is. A little bit uncalled for, but at times, you know, probably deserve it. But do you think it's a move that you could see happen again um, with him going up forward? 
I certainly hope so. Yeah, like his price tag definitely, um, you know, warrants some extra criticism. But I think um, his big issue he was turning the ball over in the in the back half, which always led to goals. So um, I think moving him forward, he's he's got that freedom to um, take those risky kicks and and yeah, be a bit more creative with his with his game. And it paid off this weekend, and hopefully can pay off in the next few weeks as well. What about um? What about Max King? I know there was some comparisons last week to, to Buddy Franklin, which which Quinn loved. Um, if you listen to last week's episode, and um, he had another big game, and he looks like he's had a, a really good start to the season, and um, and really yeah, becoming that player that everyone's sort of expecting him to be. Are you uh, are you buying into the hype of uh, the next Buddy Franklin? Oh, I think it's way too early for that. I think Max King's dominating a quarter or two a game, which is clearly enough at the moment um, I'm really excited to see what he does when he starts dominating four quarters of footy um, he's really starting to take those contested marks even further up the ground at the moment so um, yeah I'm really excited to see what happens uh, when he starts being more consistent throughout the whole game but yeah he's doing really well so far Speaking of consistency, it's nice to see Jade Gresham get a good run at it this season. He's obviously had a bit of injury troubles the last season or two, and I'm a big, big Jade Gresham fan. Maybe it's because you know we're both small forwards, and I I can resonate with him quite <laughs> well. On. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on Gresham this year? I mean, he kicked four on the weekend. He's obviously looking pretty good. Yeah, I think we've really, really missed him. Um, he gives that sort of X factor that um, some of the other ball winners don't have, and especially when he runs through the the middle, he's always looking to go forward. So. Um, yeah, I reckon Jade, having Jade Gresham back in the side is really good and hopefully we get Nathan Jones back in the next couple of weeks because his outside run's really crucial, in my opinion, in the, in the midfield. So, um, yeah, it's looking pretty good at this stage. But, um, yeah, a few tricky games. I know Gold Coast in form this week and we've we've got them next. So, um, they just knocked off your mob, Marcus. So, I'm sure you're pretty flat about that. But, um, yeah, how we go against them next week. Carlton played the Gold Coast into form on the weekend. Yeah, we <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, mate. We we're talking about the Saints, not the Blues. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, in all due cause, what, what are your what are your expectations for the Saints for the rest of the season? Obviously, there was a bit of expectation on them last year after making finals the year before, and but it looks like you guys have had a really strong start and are prepping yourselves for a big year. Do you, are you expecting top four finals? What's the uh, what's the benchmark for the Saints? Look, after round one, I was really flat. We lost to Collingwood in round one and had our chance to win the game there. And I was just thinking that we'd sort of gone back as a as a side from when we beat Bulldogs in a final a couple of years ago up in Queensland. So I was, um, yeah, thought we'd gone backwards as a club, to be honest, then. But the last few weeks, showing a lot more character and, um, yeah, starting to, to kick away against teams or at least against Hawthorne as well. So I think the expectation should be finals like I think it should always sort of be finals unless you're properly in a rebuild so um, yeah I'd really be satisfied with finals at this stage and, and, and go from there next year hopefully yeah love it love it um, Jack Steele obviously a player made for finals and I think he's the the number one player at St Kilda amongst the fans and, and probably talent wise as well he's uh, he's an absolute superstar would you would you say he's your favourite player as well? And do you think he's uh, a big chance for the Brownlow this year? I know he's come close the last two. Would you Would you love to see him uh, take that home? Oh, definitely. I um, it's hard. It'd be hard for him to not be any, any everyone's favourite player, really. Um, I think he started the, the season a, a little bit quiet, just in terms of his standards, which is saying something. Um, just sort of shows how good he, he really is. But um, 
yeah, I, I definitely think he'd be, he'd be there or thereabouts with the Brown. If we keep winning enough games of footy, it's um, definitely a midfielder's award and you've sort of just got to win just enough games to get a look in. So uh, hopefully we can keep winning and he'll keep playing well. And um, yeah, sky's the limit for him, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate. Well, uh, before we wrap up, we've uh, we've got our, our favourite segment called the Pressure Cooker where we'll ask you some quick-fire questions and uh, and then we'll wrap up and um, we'll let you uh, get on with your night. So um, I'll kick us off. Right. If you had to list one player on your team, who would it be? Um, Dean Kent. Actually, it's not that hard. Yeah, Dean Kent. <laughs> <laughs> the side looks like it was going to be a real tough choice there, but uh, we love yeah. it. Dean Kent. Uh, on the other hand, if you could add one player from any other list, who would it be? Um, probably my favourite player in his prime. He's probably the most clutch player in the AFL is Robbie Gray. So I would choose Robbie Gray. That's a really um, underrated I choice. I like that. I that's, love that That's a the lot. first time he's come up. That's yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's massive. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, which team do you love beating the most? It used to be Geelong, but I've got some really annoying Essendon. I've got some really annoying Essendon fans who are mates, and and yeah, I reckon I love beating Essendon. They smashed us last year, so that really hurt. So I uh, really want to get one over them this year. Mate, you're welcome on the podcast whenever you want. We love that. We love that answer. <laughs> what is it? What does everyone have a, a very annoying Essendon friend? It's, it's crazy, yeah, isn't it? It's a it's They're a all like that. I wonder what it is. Yeah. Anyway, and then uh, the last but most important question, Rosie, and be careful when you answer this question: Who is your favourite Pressure Point co-host? Well, I know it's been Marcus the last few weeks, so I I might steady the ship here and 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 give this one to you, Quinn. Yes, oh, that's, take that's it. a pity vote. It's a that pity is. vote, but mate, it doesn't matter. A vote is a vote. Doesn't matter if it's pity or not. I'll take that, Rosie. Get thank you board. very much. No worries, guys. Thank you for having All me. Right. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Rosie. Appreciate it, mate. We'll uh, we'll see you down at training. No worries. Take care, boys. See there, you, mate. Good. How good was that? Big Rosie, mate. Rosie, it was good to have him on the podcast. It's uh, didn't sound too enthusiastic at the start, but I think once he got into it, he had a bit of fun, and we did as well. It was always good to have a Saints fan on. We normally get them on after a loss, so it was mm. actually nice to have a Saints fan on after a win. And Richo's going to hate me. Yeah, no. Richard will hate you, but he's had, he's had his chance to come on the podcast a few times, and he's he's always seemed pretty keen after a loss to vent. So yeah, it was, yeah. uh, we had to change it up a little bit and have a Saint Kilda supporter on. that's quite happy, and rightfully so. They've had a few good wins in a row now, and they're, they're flying. Yeah. Did um, you bump into him at Public House? <laughs> no, I don't know where he pulled my name from. He, he dropped my name there at Public House, but I definitely wasn't there. Um, there's probably another bald Italian man running around he got confused with. It's, it's, it's easy to do, but no, I wasn't there. So sorry about that, Rosie, mate. You've, uh, you've confused me with someone else. <laughs> Very good. Um, but no, the Saints were, were good. Um, I thought they were – I mean, Hawthorne, before the game, were one of the informed teams in the competition. You know, they were – they were two and one, um, and only just lost to the Blues by a point the week before. Um, so, so to lose to the Saints by seventy points is um, not good. I mean, f- considering you know everyone was hyping the Hawks up. Yeah, well. not not good. But I think on the other foot as well, not that bad. They're still a rebuilding yeah, they club, are. and I yeah. think what we've seen from them has probably been unexpected and a bit out of the ordinary for what we're probably going to see for the rest of the year. So, you're going to have these games where they get. Um, you know, blown out like that. So I think the first few games of the year, a bit of confidence for them. And then these are going to be learning lessons that they need to take to become that really good team that I'd no doubt they'll be in a few more years. Yeah. See Mitch Lewis's mark. Oh, mate. It's good. Huge. I'd hate to be the bloke standing in front of him. Yeah. He got robbed. Yeah. Absolutely. It was, I um, mean, he's having a, 
a breakout season by the looks of things as well, which is great. He's been been in the system for a while, so looks like the Hawks have, have found one there up forward, which is which is good to see. Um, Saturday night, mate, you were you would have been up and about. The doggies oh. though were 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 terrible in front of goal, and the Tigers made them pay. Mate, let me tell you, this was the thing I was very nervous about Saturday night sitting at the MCG. I was uh, I saw the dogs kicking away, blasting out of the midfield, and I thought, oh, they're, they're missing a bit, but. You know, the, the amount of footy they're winning is scary. Like, it's only a matter of time before they run over the top of us. But they just could not kick straight. And every time we went forward, we seemed to convert. And that's what matters at the end of the day. You can win all the stats around the ground that you want. But if you can't kick goals, you don't win games. So, we were very lucky the Bulldogs didn't bury us early when they had their chances. But on the other hand, I thought Richmond played really well as well. Our pressure was right back through the roof. Tom Lynch finally learned mm. to lead for a football. And it's funny what happens when you lead and jump. You crash packs, take big marks and kick goals, which is what you paid for as a key forward and hopefully, you know, it's a learning curve for him where he's gone, oh, geez, I could get back to this kind of footy and I'm getting used to it, you know. Jack Rewell came back for his first game, kicked three, torp after yeah, the siren. How good was the torp? That was a good torp. I mm. love the conversation you have with the umpire yeah. where he goes, he's trying to explain the curve, which have you seen that before where you can run off your line but as long as you end up back on it before you kick, it's not play on? No. So if you go back and watch the, the footage of Jack Rewell kicking his torp because from the when I saw it, he ran off the mark. I'm like, oh, let's play on. They're going to call it. And they didn't say anything. And then I watched the footage afterwards and the umpires explained to Jack that you can come off your mark, but as long as you run back onto it before you kick the ball over the um, defender's head, it's fair play. So Jack's... And then Jack's gone to the umpire, I'm going to kick a torp. And the ump goes, all right, good luck. Like, the umpire doesn't <laughs> give a shit, mate. Yeah. Why are you telling him what you're going to kick? Yeah. And he kicked probably the wobbliest torp I've ever seen, but yeah. it went over the line and... Yeah, it just gave us a good little buffer at three-quarter time, mm. sent us into the fourth quarter with a bit of confidence. Not the supporters, because we've seen us blow leads yeah. a couple of times this year to your mob in round one and the Saints in uh, round three. But we uh, we held strong and, yeah, just great to see all around. But, yeah, Bulldogs probably do have some concerns going forward and I think they've got to start using Jamara more. Mm. They're too Norton-centric. Yeah. Did you notice that? What Did you watch the game on the weekend? So did you notice Parts that of it, yeah. all they did was just look for Norton every time they went yeah, forward? Yeah, they do. Like, I think they He's just such a good contested mark, um, but but teams are picking up on it as well. Like they're they're double teaming him, and um, and he's not being able to to be at his effective best in the air, which is what he's so good at. Oh, I love the yeah. way he attacks a footy. He's one of those old school centre half forwards yeah. that just runs, crashes packs. He's got such a good leap on him. He's a good kick of the footy as well. But you've got Jamara Yugohagen there, an up and coming star forward. You know that we presume he will become in the future. Hit him up. Mm. Give him opportunities. You're starving him up there. You're finally taking that long to give him a game. He's gotten game time now, but you're not using him. And yeah. there was multiple times I noticed throughout the game where Richmond were very lucky they didn't use Jamara because he was in a much better position than uh, Aaron Norton was and he more than likely would have gone back and kicked the goal. Yeah. So we were lucky there. But Dogs now 1-3. and three. I mean, we presume they'll bounce back still. It's still early in the season, but not the start they're looking for. No, 1-3 and three is um, yeah, interesting for a team that a lot of people pick for the flag. Um, I mean, there's a couple of teams yeah, down there with them. Yeah, I mean, GWS was a team that people really expected to be a lot better there. They're also one and three. Um, so there's there's some teams down there that uh, are going to... They're just going to have to start playing some catch-up, really. It just, just makes it harder for themselves when you when you don't bank the wins early like um, you know, like what Melbourne are doing and they can probably afford to you know, rest a few players mid-year or later in the year before finals. So... Um, where teams like the Dogs probably won't have that luxury. Well, Melbourne did do it last year as well. They won a yep. few games fairly early, and then they lost games later in the year to bottom of the ladder mm. teams, which 
they probably weren't pushing as hard as what they would have um, if they yeah were playing catch up footy. But just one last one on the Richmond Bulldogs game. Have we seen goal of the year kicked already? Yeah, it was pretty good, wasn't it? That was pretty yeah, unbelievable. I loved it was it. Shea Bolton, yeah. there, a little intercept, dodged around two players, left foot boundary line, bang. Yeah, it was freakish. I mean, I feel like when he as soon as he got the ball, it was like you almost knew he was going to kick it. Yeah, like oh, you had that feeling like he's going to kick this. Absolutely. And you know what I love about him? I mean, there's lots of things that I love about Shea Bolton at the moment. But the one thing I do love is you see him go forward now one-on-one and I'm almost starting to get that same confidence in him that I have when I see Dustin Dustin Martin up forward one-on-one. Different players, obviously Dustin Martin's a lot stronger. He's going to outbody his opponent. But Shea, you could just dance around his opponents. Mm. He's so silky and agile that it's just you got so much confidence in him when he does that. And yeah, yeah he shows again on the weekend. He kicked a few again, so... He's going to be, I mean, he already is, I think, a star, but I can just, if he just gets better and better each week, it's going to be scary. Yeah, absolutely. He's having a great season. And um, yeah, well, he's, one, he's one of these one of those players that are going to really keep Richmond hungry. You know, those players that, you know, are a bit younger and um, haven't been around for a while and, you know, through all three flags, you know, he's going to be one, one of those blokes that's going to really, um, yeah, hopefully will, yeah, for, so, your, for yeah. your sake, get you, get you um, back into finals footy this year, so... Time will tell. Absolutely. Um, a team that's not looking like they're going to play finals this year is uh, Port Adelaide. And oh, jeez. Jeez, they are in a world of hurts. Um, Ken Hinckley under a lot of pressure now. Um, zero and four. Wait, and then Ollie Wines is going to miss this week as well with that uh, with the heart issue that he had um, on the weekend. And they're coming yeah. up against a very hungry Carlton that had an unexpected loss, which I know you're going to touch on in a little bit. Am there, I? But, well, you probably should. If not, I'll, I'm more than happy to. <laughs> um, yeah, so Port have really got it, uh, a challenge set ahead of them for the rest of the season. And I spoke about this earlier um, a few episodes ago, I believe it was, but Ken Hinckley, his job must be just up in the air at the moment. I mean, he's had two home prelims in a, in a row. They've lost them both. Expecting this year to go all the way. And now they're four and zip. Mm. Yeah. And you know, I mean, granted, you know, they've they've had they've played some good teams. Like, I mean, they lost to Melbourne on the weekend, which is fair enough. But the way they're playing yeah. is just really poor. Like, it's not even like they were close. They lost to Adelaide by two points the week before that. But then again, it's only Adelaide, and mm. you expect to be a top four side. So yeah, they've got a lot of question marks around them at the moment. Well, they didn't kick a goal till late in the third quarter on, yeah, on the weekend. It's, it's scary, and you, by then you presume Melbourne probably took the foot off the throttle a little yeah. bit, wouldn't you? Exactly. So. That's concerning. Like, yeah, yes, they played Melbourne, but they were goalless for a half, a half and almost three quarters. Gold Coast gave Melbourne a better run than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gold Coast are no mugs, as we've seen. No, Gold Coast are no mugs, but they're not expected to finish top four like Paul. No, there. exactly. So. Yeah. No, they're in a lot of trouble. Key players out doesn't help, but um, yeah, they're going to... Geez, if they, if they play finals from here, it'll be a, a massive miracle. Hey, if West say. Coast can find a win with no players, I think anybody, any team can at this point. Yeah, well... Let's just hope it's not this week. <laughs> That's uh, it. I'm more than happy for him to be zero on five because they play a Carlton team that were pretty average against the Gold Coast on the weekend. Carlton's bogey team. I hate playing Gold Coast. I hate it. Oh, I can't relate, just, brother. Just, <laughs> you just, they always just, they always play well. Like they always, it's like they're, I don't know what it is. They have this mental edge over us where they just always play their best footy against us. And we were always so, so poor. Um, very sloppy. Midfield couldn't get going. Nothing was really working. Um, Crips going down in the first quarter didn't help. Um, no ho- Crips, no Carlton. <laughs> Don't get me. Is started. it too early for that? <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, so yeah, but they're saying he's he's 
his big chance to play this week. I think it was just like a minor, um, like a, I don't, like a strain. Well, when, like I, if, when I first saw the injury listed, it said hamstring issue. Yeah, to I me, if you're fine. saying issue, it means there's nothing really Probably wrong. Just, he might have just felt it and thought, you know what, let's play it safe. Last few years, he would have ran through and just mm-hmm. torn his hamstring to bits. So yep. probably the smart and you know safe call by the Blues there. Yeah. Well, hopefully he gets out this week because um, obviously, yeah, he's probably the best player in the competition at the moment, the way he's been playing. So um, it'd be good to to hopefully, he yeah, especially against Port Adelaide, who without Ollie Wines have still got a pretty strong midfield and they're big bodies too. So hopefully he's all right. But no, nah, the Blues were, were average yesterday. Never looked like winning it against them. No, not not particularly. What did you, what did you think of Levi Casbolt grabbing the jumper? Two hundred plus game Carlton player, life Carlton life member, grabs the Gold Coast jumper after a goal in the goal square. Couldn't believe it to be honest. You know, we stuck by Levi for what twelve years, and ten of them he couldn't kick straight. He could not kick. He didn't know how to drop the footy on his boot, and we stuck by him and paid him and everything like that and. He's pissed off that we, we let him go at the, what, the ripe old age, 31, 32. Um, sorry, mate, but yeah, seriously. You, you weren't, he was never getting a game over Charlie it's or not like we, we Yeah, it's not like we only had him for a few years and we gave up on him, mate. We gave him a, a whole career that a lot of players would be happy about. Um, and arguably, he there was a lot of... He could have been delisted a long time ago, but the club hang, you know, held on to him, stuck with him, so... Yeah, life member. Um, I believe he was a Carlton supporter growing up as well. Um, you know, for him to do that is was very interesting. I thought, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if I like the look of it. I mean, look, it's it good. It's, it's good because it sparks a bit of a rivalry there, and it gets emotions heated and all the rest of it. But yeah, I think there's probably a time and place. If you're a life member at a club, you probably don't rub shit in their face, do no, you? No, no. Especially yeah, when you've been there for so long. Um, I, I can understand if it's a young player and they've been you know cut loose. That's different. He's, he's essentially played a whole career at Carlton. Yeah, you know, a lot of players would retire at his age, but you know, it's oh well. Uh, maybe he's uh, he's made his bed. That's fine. <laughs> he's made his bed. You reckon? Jeez, <laughs> these threats we're hearing over the podcast. Everyone record this. He copped it a bit on his because he, he posted the photo of him holding the jumper. Yeah, um, and he copped it a bit in the comments, which I think is fair enough. Um, yeah, I think it's completely fair enough. No, I don't believe that Carlton supporters would be feral enough to abuse someone on Instagram. I don't believe it for a second, mate. What are you talking about? Definitely wasn't me. <laughs> M Squad <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get me into Crimea River, your favourite segment. Let's get JT on board. Mate, JT's well and truly on board. I know. I don't know where that came from, but I've reached out our management, spoken to his management, and um, we're hopefully getting him on the podcast sooner rather than later. But yeah, we'll get into like Crimea River, and it does touch on the Carlton game that we were just speaking about, and it goes to Harry Mackay. Now, last year's Coleman medalist, obviously a superstar player, one of the best key forwards in the comp going around, probably just behind Tom Lynch. But after on the on the weekend, he's had a shot at goal. Um, I believe it did go through the big sticks, if I remember correctly. And he's leaned over to the umpire, walked over to him, said, hey, um, just wanted to let you know that footy that came off my boot, yeah, it was touched. So sure enough, they do a goal review. They find out that the Gold Coast Suns player touched the footy before it left, the, uh, before it went through the goal, sorry, and uh, it was a behind. Now, if Carlton had a loss by five points and Harry Mackay has given away a goal like that, that is 
unbelievable and I would be so dirty on him as a teammate or coach for giving that away. I get you want to be fair and but you that's not up to you mate. You play by the rules by all you, by all means. But that's the umpire's job to pick up if it's been touched or not. Don't go and let him know, "Hey mate, that was that was touched. I want to be a nice fair player." This isn't under nines. It's AFL football and if you lose a game by less than a goal because of something like that, that for me that's that's almost grounds to to be dropped for a week of footy. I mean, you're not going to drop the common medalist. He's in a safe position there. But if this was a lesser player, see you later. Yeah, I know you're pretty dirty on it, I'm guessing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Am I, am I alone in thinking this? You're very no, quiet over there. No, I'm, not I mean, sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going through your head. <laughs> um, like, I understand if he's telling his teammates it's touched, so they just set up just in case. But when he's going up to the umpire and showing him, getting essentially telling the umpire I'll go, like, to go check it, like, make sure like it, it's touched, like, Especially in that in that stage of the game where we were struggling as well, and you know, we we'll, and I think that at that time we were probably only like ten points down, so it would have put us right in it. And for him to do that, I mean, it probably wouldn't have changed anything because they would have reviewed it anyway. But come on, Harry, like there's there's a difference between being fair and competitive, and he just was way too honest. Wasn't yeah, he? Way, way too honest. And I mean, look, they might they might have seen it because they review all the goals out either way, like you said. But they might not have looked at it so closely exactly. if Harry didn't go and start, you know, telling yep. everyone it was touched. We saw Petrarca do it the other night. I don't know if it was this week or last week. Petrarca yeah, did it. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he did the same thing. But I think he did more what you said where he was more gesturing to his teammates, like get ready to set up because that was touched. Hmm. But they didn't call it. They let it go through and because he didn't make a big deal about it. Whereas Harry made, let sure, made sure the umpire knew that it was touched and... I just know if that was a Richmond player doing that, I would be absolutely livid sitting at home watching that. Yep. So, yeah, not on for me, and that's my uh, crummy river. No, nah, that's good. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, Harry, you're an absolute superstar. I love you, but please never do that again. Thank you. Simple stuff, Harry. Yes. All right. Uh, my big call. Oh, geez. Buddy going to kick a thousand this week? Buddy to kick a thousand this week. Um, Four quarter time. <laughs> No, my big call, I've been tossing up two. Oh, we need one. I thought I thought about it. North, Ooh. I think they can beat the Bulldogs on Good Friday. Oh, that's a they big lost call. By no, no, hang on, I need you to rephrase that. You think they can beat them or they will? Because thinking is not a big call. We need they will. North Melbourne will beat the Bulldogs. There on Good we Friday. go. That's a big call. <laughs> and they will reverse that 120 point loss that they had last year on Good Friday. And they'll win in a close one and really demoralize the doggies. I'm going to be a mate be made to look like an absolute idiot. But that's what big calls are, aren't mate, they? That's what it's meant for. That's what the whole segment's about. And let me tell you, if North Melbourne play like they did against the Swans last yeah. week at their own home deck, I mean, I know it's the Bulldogs as well, but home ground, yeah. why not? This is their grand final. Look, I don't think North. they will, but. I, yeah. I don't mind that big call. I reckon yeah. that's huge. And, you know, what the way the dogs are playing, the way they're kicking yeah, at the dogs moment. aren't in form. No, no, dogs aren't in form. North seem to be they played, a little bit because yeah. they played a good game. I mean, they're not winning much, but they seem to play a good game against the Swans. So, yeah, why not? I love that. Yep. Great big call. Yep. That was probably the actual only big call we've given us this year so far. You know, well, you actually thought Buddy was going to kick five in, in one quarter. No, I didn't. That's No, but I'm just oh, saying. But like a big call that's actually like, I feel like a good it's, one. Yeah, I feel like it's a big call that probably you know yeah it's more likely to happen if that makes sense okay now the buddy one was good take a break. the buddy one was good <laughs> let's you. move on let's move on the buddy right. one was good i think when you said the buddy one two weeks in a row it started to lose its merit 
That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think we've done it in. Um, I think we've we've skipped uh, round. Where are we? Round five this week. Yeah, we normally do it the other way around, yeah, but that's did. all right. Let's let's quickly run through that's it. Okay, well that's fine. Run the gauntlet. All right. Well, Easter Thursday, Easter weekend as well. How good. That is it. Um, Brisbane Collingwood at the Gabba. Ooh, that's not even a question. Brisbane win yeah, this Brisbane one. Brisbane have to. Collingwood um, have looked yuck, and Brisbane are looking very good. Um, North Melbourne Bulldogs Good Friday, as we just discussed. Well, I know um, your tip seconds already, ago, but I'm yeah. go, I'm going the dogs. Yeah, I'm going the dogs too. You're gonna go north, <laughs> mate. You made the call. You made the call. I'm uh, yeah, go go north. Um, <laughs> there's two games on Good Friday. West Coast and Sydney are after it um, at at Optus. This will be good. So you know how I said I was tossing up. This is the other one I was tossing up. I thought West, West Coast could yes. knock up the Swans. Mm, no, I like the North Bulldogs yeah, one better. better. Has more merit to it, I yep. reckon. Um, I like this one. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Sydney really need to bounce back with a good performance. I know they won last week, but they probably wouldn't be happy with the way they've been playing. And I reckon they'll use West Coast as a bit of a percentage booster here and just uh, step all over them. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. I think West Coast will get a lot of confidence out of that win. But yeah, I think still still think Sydney are, are too good. Uh, Sydney are top four material. They are, yeah. They are, but they did struggle against North. Yeah, yeah so, but, but they'll bounce back. That, that happens. Uh, Saturday Arvo, we've got St Kilda and the Gold Coast at Marvel. Whoa, I think being two at top Marvel, four teams here. <laughs> okay, this is very rich coming from a guy that <laughs> thought he was winning the flag this year after a good you know first three rounds yeah. of the season. But I think being at Marvel, I can't look past St Kilda. The yeah. form that they're in at the moment. If it was in, is that Metricon? I'd be maybe leaning towards the Suns a little bit, but not, not, not at Marvel. Yeah, Saints for me as well. Uh, Saturday Twilight, Adelaide Richmond at the Adelaide Oval. Jeez, who knows with the way Richmond's form's been up and down all year. Man, but Adelaide have looked good. Adelaide have looked good. But then you know what? Damien Hardwick made a good point in the press conference, and I tend to agree with him. Richmond have had two bad quarters all season, and that was our last against Carlton and our last against St Kilda. And the rest we've actually been pretty good. So mm. I'm not all doom and gloom like I was um, last week. I know it's easy to say after a win, but I'm, I'm going to go the Tigers for this one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Tigers as well. And although it wouldn't surprise me if Adelaide do get up, just especially over there, especially yeah, over there with their crowd. Um, but I think I think the Tigers just. And we've potentially got Kane Lambert and Nick Lawson coming yeah. back as well, which is a massive it's inclusion. Huge. So yeah. Uh, also on Saturday night we've got Melbourne and GWS at the MCG. I don't think we're going to tip yeah. against Melbourne all no, year. Definitely not. I think Melbourne quite easily there. GWS have just been way too inconsistent. What do you think about GWS if they lose this one now? Because of yeah. the, what will they be one and four? They'll be one and four. I mean, do they come back? I definitely don't think they're going to be high up on the ladder. Um, they might sneak into the eight, but but they're they're not even playing that great to be honest. Like they beat they beat Gold Coast the other week. Um, you touched them up well a couple of weeks ago. I can't see them. At this stage, if that's a really, you know, tip, I don't think they're playing finals. It's hard to say because it's so early in the season, but just, yeah, yeah based off what we're seeing, yeah, I, I might, I think I agree with you. Yep. Uh, Sunday Arvo, we've got Carlton and Port Adelaide at the MCG. Jeez, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> I can imagine why you would be, but uh, Port just give me nothing and Carlton, yeah. I know, will bounce back, especially at the G. And if Cripps does come back like they're predicting he will, yeah, I think you guys will run rampant all over Port Adelaide. Yep. Uh, this so this is the game where I wouldn't be as pissed off if about the Gold Coast game. I wouldn't be as pissed off about the Gold Coast game if we bounce back and beat Port, because then I'll know. Okay, that was just a, a little hiccup. But if we lose against Port, who are horrible at the moment, um, then there's real alarm bells. But if, we should win. What if, what if Port? I doubt they will. But what if Port put on a, a Port performance like we've seen in the last few years, and they're just unbelievable, and it's a really tight game, and they just win. 
what have Carlton put on a performance that they've done in the last three weeks before the Gold Coast? Well, that's what I'm saying. But I'm, I just yeah, I mean, if they're you, both if at their you, best. Yeah, yeah, and you just lose. Are you still disappointed because of Port's season so far? Or is it more nah, Port were great? I think regardless, if we lose, it's bad. Yeah. Because Port are, are horrible. I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. So, I just wanted to see what your opinions were. Um, and rumour has it that you are, are coming to the game this week because your Carlton membership arrives. It did. It came in the mail. For everyone uh, watching on YouTube, you can uh, see that. It says, what does it say? Dear Quinn. Oh, it's beautiful. Look at it. Does it actually say your name? It does. It does. It does say <laughs> my name. I actually got an email uh, earlier today inviting me to a first year's members function this weekend at the G, <laughs> which I shall not be attending. So if someone <laughs> wants to take my ticket, more than welcome. But no, I think I, w- I think I am going to the game with you and the family. Um, it'll be interesting to see what it's like being there as a Carlton member for the first time and last time, hopefully in, in my lifetime. So it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. But no, it'll be good to go to the footy on, a, on Easter Sunday. We've never done that before. So it'll be something different. Yeah, no, it would be good. Um, it's good to, to still be at the MCG as well. I think we've, all our home games have been at the G so far. So so it's been great. Um, also on Sunday, we've got Essendon and Frio at Marvel. This will be a good game too. It will be a good game. Essendon have had a good win over, over Adelaide. It was a tight contest. Yep. But I didn't think... They were that great, whereas I've seen some really good things from Frio, which is what's making me lean more towards Fremantle. If this was at Optus, I probably wouldn't question it, but I'm still going to go Fremantle. I reckon they're looking pretty yep. good at the moment. Yeah, I think Frio as well. Um, they're, yeah, they're one. I think they're, they're going under the radar a bit, Frio, so I think they'll uh, get the job done here. And then the big Easter Monday clash, we've got Hawthorne and Geelong at the G. I mean, it's. I mean, history suggests it's big. It used to be big, but... I yeah, can't imagine I think it. if Hawthorne was still, you know, pushing for finals, top eight sort of yep. team, it would be a lot bigger. But this used to be the game. Remember? This was the one we all looked forward when they to. Were the two dominant teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it's a bit hard to look past Geelong, and yep. I think their their players, experience, all the rest of it will, will get the job done. And I reckon Joel Selwood will finish with a, a game high of nine ducked free kicks. <laughs> uh, that'll be interesting. We'll see. And Tom Hawkins with a game high four pushing the backs, <laughs> unpenalized. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what how they um, adjudicate. They're only going to be looking at Hawkins probably more closely this week. What, what is it about Geelong? Do you think it is a Geelong thing, or is it just as fans we're a little bit I biased think, towards th- them? And we're probably all just just had enough of Geelong being good. Probably is a little bit of that, isn't yeah. it? But I mean, I, f- I just feel like for years we've everyone's been saying they've had the rubber the yeah. brand. I, I, I don't know if that's factual. I'd love I'd love no, to see sure. the uh, the free yeah. kick differential. I know Richmond have been on the the shit end of it for the last four or five seasons. So I'd yep. love to see where Geelong sit. Yeah, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they were right at the top. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right, that is uh, that is round five Easter weekend of footy. It's going to be exciting games from Thursday to Monday, um, including that big Good Friday game where there's going to be a big boil over. Um, so looking forward to seeing that. And uh, and if the dogs win by 120 points again, then feel free to um, to message me and, and tell me how dumb I am. That's fine. I'll don't, it. don't message your podcast. Message Marcus privately. Directly. I don't want to see those yeah. messages. I had nothing to do with that big call. So <laughs> keep me out of it, please. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that is it. Um, yeah, have a, have a great Easter weekend and we'll, um, we'll make sure you review us as well. I mean, Easter, you got plenty of public holidays. You got time to, to leave a review, don't you? And There's jump no on excuses. Spotify. And the last few weeks I've been telling you to be quite honest, but Easter's a happy time. So don't be yep. honest. Tell us, uh, tell us we're amazing and you love us and exactly spread good, good messages. Exactly. And, uh, and we'll chat after the Easter Monday game next week.